Welcome to the setup episode two. <laughs> Today we are going to be talking about something that's super exciting. I get asked this question a lot. I don't know for some strange reason people be like, "Oh, you for real about this thing?" Mm. <laughs> but um, today we're going to be talking about before Christ and how we got here. I love your story. Your testimony is like bananas. I be finding myself telling people all the time. I'm like, let me yeah. see about my girlfriend's testimony. But yeah, so I get asked this question like all the time. How'd it happen? Like, how'd you, it, it's for real? So I'm excited, y'all, to be talking about this today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think when I, um, when I first met you, I was able to kind of see <laughs> some residue yeah. of your testimony which to me is attractive. Yeah. It was attractive to me because I felt like, you know, we have, uh, it makes us relatable. When people yeah. can still see who we are, but we're still showing up healed and on fire for God, you yeah. know, but we haven't completely forgot about where we came from. I'm for excited. Sure. Yeah. I think this is probably going to be one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm probably going to have a lot of favorite episodes. But yeah. this one is good, though, because it's just going to show how we truly got here mm-hmm. and then how authentic we, how you can still be authentic by loving God. Yeah. And um, just being in a place of no judgment and just loving people and in spite of. Yeah. So we can get started. Listen, so. I mean, mine's is so many layers, to be honest. Um, Many of you guys don't know who we are. (laughs) You don't know. You're not familiar with me. Um, And so I can just give it to you, like, from the Brawls version. Um, And so I have survived a suicide attempt. I survived a suicide attempt. I've been divorced. How old was I? I want to say I was about 21. Wow. Yeah, I was about 21 years old. So originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, North Philadelphia, to be exact. And um, I decided just to get up and come to Georgia one day and Mm -hmm. um, just to change my life around. I wanted to change. And I left with $20 in my name and a trash bag full of clothes. And my mom... It's so funny. We heard what you're talking about. Wait, I just got to stop you for a second because, mm-hmm. like, $20. That's serious. $20 to my it's name. It's crazy because, like, you had faith. You didn't even know you had faith. No, I just knew that I was supposed to go. And right. I left. And my mom didn't stop me. And I always ask her this. I'm like, Mom, how did you just let your child go? She's like, I just always knew you would be okay. Wow. Like, she, like, she always knew that. She said, I was just that child. And so I came to Georgia um, just looking for a fresh start. To be honest, I was looking for a man with some money. Okay, well, be honest, girl. Yeah, I was looking for a man with some money. I'm like, listen, I'm going to come here. And this, the Southern been a little slow. You know, I'm from up north. That's what I thought. I'm just being honest. I'm I'm like, we quicker than you think. See, I didn't know. I'm like, I'm from up north. I'm going to get me an old Southern man that don't know how fast I am. And I'm going to get up all this loot. I'm going to get some money. And um, that ended up actually happening. That was crazy how (laughs) that was my goal. I accomplished my goal. I came down here, twenty dollars in my name, and I met a man, a doctor, and um, he was very high rank, probably one of the like the closest top rank in the army, 
and he had um, his own business clinic. And we got married in less than 30 days. Met him July 1st. We got married August 1st. You knew to go. Yeah. So I went from $20 in my name to moving into a five-bedroom, five-bedroom house, having keys to clinics, cars. And my life, I felt like I hit the jackpot. I'm like, he was sent from heaven. Girl. I was like, <laughs> this is it. But I was really broke and broke because prior to me coming down here, which you already know, I had just survived the suicide attempt. I was in a psychiatric ward. Oh. I was broken, broken. I went through a breakup, breakup, was dealing with some. Y'all, uh, hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> the the ward, that story always takes me out. You got to share that one day. Yeah. I mean, I've been in there a couple of times, though. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but um, I have been. That's why I carry so much peace now, because I have yes. been to the maximum a couple of times. I just had a... A hard time, you know, just navigating my emotions, um, the emotional intelligence that I have now. Oh, my gosh. And you have so much. Yeah. It really came from me exploding and being out of control and mm -hmm. feeling like I didn't have control, not knowing Jesus, not having any hope, trying to control situations I had yeah. no business controlling and feeling out of control. So surviving a suicide attempt, broken, broken young girl coming down here, got married, no love. Marriage was full of lust. Good guy, you know, put me through school, um, had two beautiful children by him. Um, but prior to me even meeting him, it was just full of partying, yeah. you know, partying. Um, you know, I tried weed. That wasn't my thing. I, I really wasn't a weed girl, but me I tried either. it a few times to try some drugs. I always say this. You tried drugs, girl? Yeah, I tried drugs. You ain't my friends me laugh at me when I say this because I always say I tried she a little bit of everything. <laughs> I didn't try a little bit of everything. everything. No, I'm being honest. I didn't um, had ecstasy. Wow. I didn't, I didn't try weed. I didn't hit alcohol. I just was really um, lost, yeah. man. Like, for real. Like, I really was lost. And I was just trying to figure it out. Um, and most people don't notice. And they think it's so funny when they watch my journey now in ministry. They don't know that i really only been saved for six years. I didn't grow up in church. Like, you know what I'm saying? So That's crazy. I didn't grow up in church. And I never even asked you that. Did you grow up going to church? Um, I did for a little while. Um, and I, grew, I went to ba a Baptist church. And so I can say that, like, I had a recognition of God, but not yeah. the revelation. Yeah, that's good. Of that's who good. he is. So I would, like, pray, but I didn't understand the power behind Jesus. But you knew the name of Jesus as a kid. Barely. It was yeah. like, thank you, God. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it wasn't yeah. like now, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So Yeah, and I never knew that. But, you know, and that's crazy because my first time ever being stepping foot into a church, I was a full-blown adult with kids. Oh. And I'm now stepping foot in the church. And that only happened because of trauma. Like, I'm thinking I hit the jackpot. I got this man with this money now, this doctor, and I'm living his life. And a stay-at-home mom for years. Like, I didn't know the cost of milk, gas, or anything. I drove right. a 7 Series BMW. Houses have golf cart garages. My houses was crazy. I lived like that for probably majority of my I spent my 20s in that lifestyle. So about 14 years of my life was spent, a stay-at-home wife kept, not worry about nothing. When I decided to leave because it became toxic and I mm -hmm. realized that I didn't want my kids raised up seeing that in a relationship because we didn't love each other. But let me ask you this question. When you say like you didn't want your kids growing up in a toxic situation, that's so strong because for you to have been broken, broken, like you said, you still had enough knowledge and compassion yeah. to be like, 
I still don't want this for them. Yeah. I think a part of that was, too, because I didn't see it growing up. Like, mm -hmm. you know, my mom, she was a no-nonsense. No she is. She's still living. <laughs> And she's still wild, and she's still a no nonsense type of woman. She always used to say, "It's two things a man ain't doing to me." But she didn't say "man." She said another word. <laughs> but it's two things he ain't doing. We to know me. the word. He ain't beating on me, and he ain't cheating on me. Right, right. So right. I grew up with the type of mind where it was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna take some stuff, but if yeah. you gonna cheat or hit me, boy, it's deuces, it's bye wrap. bye." And I yeah. that was just built inside of mm -hmm. me. So it was just certain things I wasn't gonna like deal For with. For sure. So. Um, when it became like I seen it to the got to the point where the arguments was like getting to the point where they could have got physical and it was starting to like overflow my children because my mom didn't let me see that. Like before right. she stayed in a toxic marriage, she got a divorce. Mm -hmm. Like she left them. She like, you ain't going to mistreat right. me, not in front of my kids. So I didn't see I didn't want my kids to see it. Mm -hmm. And so um, I left and literally I left with nothing. That was so traumatic. That was literally so traumatic. Man, trauma is such a strong word. It's like. Now, I was just telling someone this um, maybe about a month ago that traumatic experiences or things that we go through, it's like, I'm not going to say it, we're running around expecting it, but we're yeah. learning how to endure it and, yeah. and we're seeing the outcome of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. And I mean, it was trauma because if you never experienced a certain lifestyle, then you probably wouldn't fully understand it. But to be taken away from something that was your norm. You know what right. I'm saying? So like my room was crazy. My kids' rooms was, it was like an apartment complex. And so then I'm taking two kids and we're moving into an co apartment complex. Literally, for those who came to visit knew, my apartment size was the size of my oldest daughter's room. Wow. Her room was an apartment. She had sections to her room, different compartments and sections of her room. And so now we're in like this one, like this what was a two-bedroom apartment. We're looking like, it was trauma. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And so um, I had to recondition myself yeah. because I had to realize that I wanted that lifestyle again, but I wanted it with peace. Yeah. Yeah, sure. like, and I wanted a marriage again, but I wanted it with somebody who I really loved and who I really wanted to be with. And so, um, but then I don't have no concept of God at this point. I don't have no concept of Jesus. I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness, um, but I didn't have a real relationship with any right, God. Right. And so at this point, one of my mentors, she's Muslim. Uh-oh, look, my earrings. <laughs> one of my mentors, she's Muslim. And then I had uh, people around me who were practicing like new age witchcraft and sage and praying to the earth and all this good stuff. And... Um, so I'm like, I don't know who God is. Mm. And so I end up just crying out one day, like, whoever you are, help me. If you don't want me to try to commit suicide again, then you just need to answer. I didn't know who I was calling out to. You Allah, Buddha, just somebody. the wind, <laughs> the moon, the earth. Can the moon answer? Uh, no. <laughs> but if there is a God, wherever you are, I wasn't really expecting the answer. Right. Um just respond to me and he did and um i had an encounter a supernatural encounter in that apartment complex and it's funny because i used to smoke cigarettes i used to be a secret cigarette smoker so i was like dealing with so much anxiety i don't know how i'm gonna pay these bills yeah. i don't know how i'm gonna take care of these kids and i'm dealing with so much anxiety so when i had my encounter i'm like now wait a minute am i um high. seeing things and hearing things? <laughs> i know the cigarette got me high okay. um but, you know, he began, he revealed himself to me as Jesus. And I remember it was a comforting, peaceful experience mm -hmm. of knowing yeah. that I got you. You're going to be okay. 
you coming out of this. And ever since then, T, he will begin to just tell me stuff to do, like really clear, vivid. Like he'll say, you need to stop smoking or um, stop going to the club or stop doing this. And so my life became a life where I just started giving everything up. But you know what? That's the beautiful part about literally coming into relationship with Christ is that a lot of people assume that they got to be perfect, get into him, and it's the complete opposite. He literally takes it away. I mean, he takes the desire from you where you don't even want to do it anymore. Yeah, he took my desires away. Um, I just didn't want to go to the club. It was like I just literally cleaned up my life. And as God was doing that, he was like doing something in, in me internally. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. At this point, I had already kind of got healed from a lot of stuff mm -hmm. from a, like um, – a practical standpoint, like therapy. Right. I didn't have a concept of Jesus and God, mm -hmm. but I was in therapy. Like I went to therapy consistently because I was dealing with so much family trauma right. and different things I was processing. So undergrad, I was in therapy after school, pregnant in therapy and therapy and therapy. But therapy wasn't enough for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, that was um, my experience. And this is the crazy thing about it is that he told me to go to church. He's like, go to church. And I'm like, what's a church? <laughs> Nobody came and invited me what's to their church? church. Nobody came and invited me to a church. Nobody, I didn't know the difference between Baptist, yep. Episcopal, Pentecostal. I didn't understand the language of that. He said, go to church. So I began to Google churches. Mm -hmm. I Googled the church and I found the closest church and I said, we're going to go there Sunday. Not knowing what to expect. Right. Not knowing what I was walking into. And I left out my door and went to the dollar store and this man was just staring at me, this African man. He was just staring at me, and he was African descent. And I'm like thinking he's trying to talk to me. And I'm like, <laughs> what's going on? And he's like, I just see a light on you. And I'm like, I know I'm cute. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm cute. Like, he's trying to talk to me. And he's like, no, I see a light on you. And then I seen his wife, and it gave me comfort. And he's like, we're pastors. Wow. And he was like, here's a flyer to my church. Literally, girl, I didn't have a car at this point because I left everything when I left. But... His church was in walking distance from my apartment. I didn't need a car. And we started to go visit there. And they were meeting out of a hotel. And we went there every Sunday. Wow. And that was my first experience with Jesus. That was my first experience in church. And my life changed at that hotel room because I got a concept of giving and sowing. And every time I would make money, I would just begin to sow, 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 sow. And I literally sold myself out of that apartment. It's crazy. Wow. It's crazy. So that's just a um, the short version <laughs> of okay. Before Christ. Jehovah Witness. Girl, you, if, oh, you were in Philly. I was in Alabama. I'm like, was you knocking on my door? Was that you? <laughs> Man, listen, I used to be running up to them doors, knocking on them doors. Okay, you was evangelizing. Oh, yeah, I was. I'm an evangelist at heart. I was yeah. running up. Everybody else would be scared to go knock on the door. I'll go straight to that door and be like, hello, I got the good news to spread. Oh, my yeah, God. Um, I was just excited <laughs> to teach people stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, always been that little preacher evangelist, but... God is good, man. So when I think about some of coming out of it, sometimes when you go back and tell the story, mm -hmm. it's a sense of reliving it, like replaying it. And um, I'm just so grateful for God because all of it was a setup. Yep. Absolutely. It was all a setup. Absolutely. But I love your story. Um, I remember when I first met you and you started like slowly, easily like telling me little parts <laughs> of it. I was like, what? Girl. Yeah. So you got to share yours. Tell them a little so, bit. Um, for me... 
Um, I grew up in Alabama, small town, Dothan. I'm not a Philly girl. Yeah. <laughs> I swear she is, though, y'all. So all my Philly girls, she feel like a Philly girl to me. She feel like a Philly girl. Uh, I feel like home. Yeah, you feel, feel like, like a home. Philly girl. You feel like a Philly girl. <laughs> <laughs> but, yep, I grew up in a small town. And um, maybe until maybe the age of six, I was in the projects. I grew up in projects. Maybe seven. And there was a church, like, right outside the projects. You know how they have those mm -hmm. churches that sit right outside. Yep, it was a Baptist church. And I would go and um, every Sunday. And my great-grandmother, um, she would make sure we go. Mm. And I would go. So, like I said, I would have, like, some recognition of yeah. who was, like, a reference. Yeah. Um, but it was like a forced thing. Mm. It wasn't like a me wanting to. Like how you said, yeah. you was like beating down the doors. Yeah. I was like, here we go. Here we go. Got to go to church. Yep, Got to go to church. And um, and so as my life passed, you know, teenage things happen in life. I was a fighter. Yeah, I, I was. I did tell you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was a fighter, and um, just going through life, experiencing things, and seeing things, it just automatically like had put me at a defense. Yeah. And I built this crazy wall up, and I just always felt like I really had to defend myself mm. with every situation. It didn't matter wow. what it was. I just felt like I had to defend me. Wow. And um, so I had the boys, 17-year-old um, twins, y'all. Um, I had them. Can y'all believe she got 17-year-old <laughs> twins? She looked like she bought 17 uh, herself. Girl, praise the Lord. <laughs> um, I had them at 20, and... It was just like a, my 20s was like a really fast, it was fast. I was like how to survive mm. in my 20s. I still would pray like, God, just keep me protected or God help, you know, help me take care of my kids. I was a single mom. Yeah. And, um, I even remember one night they were two and I was like, I would not do this now, y'all. But I didn't know. I was <laughs> like, God, let's make a bit. Yeah. <laughs> But he's so kind to us. Like, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I won't ever ask my children's father, biological father, for anything if you just help me. Mm. Like, that was my prayer. They were wow. like, too. And when I tell y'all, when I tell you, sis, like, he did it. It was mm. crazy. I was like 22. Now, I'm sure he did some of it. And some of it, it was me out there doing yeah. what I shouldn't have yeah. been doing, for yeah. sure. But... Um, I had great jobs. I was applying for jobs I hadn't even got a degree for. Mm. I was like 22 making like 90000 a year. Jesus. It was crazy. And so um, I started bartending at, I was 20, I started bartending. I was literally going to school. I had a full-time job and mm. I was bartending at night at 21. Wow. At 21. Wow. And um, my god sister, she, her boyfriend at the time um, owned a strip club. He was like, yeah, can you assist the bartender? So you started stripping, sis? No, I was I'm joking. <laughs> I about to say, then that's a setup. <laughs> no, nah, girl, but I was in there with the strippers, girl. And um, and so I started bartending. I used to want to strip. Did you? Mm -hmm. I, I almost almost strip. made it to the strip club. Really? But I was going to go to the Caucasian ones because yeah, I didn't have that. Get, I ain't out of dance and I ain't had that ghetto girl, booty, <laughs> that black girl booty. Right. So I had to go to the right. I don't know. BBL, BBLs weren't popping in. They wasn't popping. And I ain't had the money at that time anyway. Right. <laughs> and um, so I started bartending, and one bartending job literally led to another. Mm -hmm. By the girl, literally by twenty four. 
I was still in Alabama and I was managing a strip club at 24. Mm. Like hiring strippers. Wow. Hiring bartenders. I'm going through the, you remember like the Players Club? Mm -hmm. I was literally walking through wow. like get dressed, it's call time wow. at 24. And um, I was just going through like different crazy relationships. When I look back now, like the enemy really tried to set me up with just mm. not being married. Just like adultery, all these different things the enemy really tried to set me up. And so once I got married, um, or even maybe before, I moved, well, I moved to Atlanta, and it was just me and my kids. I left my job. I left a bad relationship. I came here, and um, I ended up hiring a nanny. I took, mm -hmm. like, my 401K. And, I was, and how old? Girl, 27, 26, girl. 27. Ain't that crazy? Because mm -hmm. I... No, shit, I'm not going to keep that. But I'm saying the 26, 27-year-old girls, I'm like, yeah. girl, come on. We got That's stuff it. to do. But, um... So yeah, um, so when I went when I came here, I ended up getting a job at a mental illness facility, being an HR manager, and uh, which I didn't get a degree for. That's what I'm saying. Wow. Like I was like, that's a setup. Yep. And um, I ended up working for some really popular nightclubs here, and I was still having my boys, so I hired a nanny, mm. and I was working at night. I was making crazy money. And um, my husband came into the club, <laughs> and we. She met her husband at the club. Club, y'all. Uh -huh. I don't recommend it because it was a lot of stuff uh -huh. we had to get out of. <laughs> okay, come on. But um, yeah. So when I ended up leaving the club before marriage, it was like God put a fire in me, and mm. I was like, man. You've been so good. I remember driving to, um, I was driving in a red, I was at a red light and it's like, literally I just started crying mm. and I'm like, all this time I thought it was me taking care of me and my kids and it was you. Wow. And it was like a fire. I'm like, I want everything you got. I want the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. I want to be in church. Mm -hmm. Like it was crazy. So I ended up getting married. I was telling my husband, like, we got to find a church. Mm -hmm. And so I was on the Bible app. I don't know if you wow. know this, but on the Bible app, it'll, like, recommend. No, I Yeah, it does. It'll, wow. like, recommend, like, churches nearby. So we ended up wow. going to a church nearby. And um, the pastor said, does anybody want to receive the Holy Ghost? I was like. Wow. <laughs> and um, I got up and I got saved. And shortly after, the boys, they got saved. Mm. And um, That's so beautiful. Yep. And it's just been amazing. My husband grew up Pentecostal, so he was like, you know, he had, a, well, he has, and he had before we got married, a revelation of Jesus. But just being able to come together and, like, God um, really nurture this thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was really personal for me. I remember being in my kitchen and, like, asking him, like, I, I want to be yours. Can I be yours? Like, it was really personal. He set a fire. You know, kids are our, like, yeah. And so at that red light, when it just dawned on me, like, I can't take no credit. Girl, imagine being like 22 and your kids, like, they were walking around in Ralph Lauren. It was mm. crazy. And I'm like, huh. Like, God, you provided. You killed me. And so um, I should have been in jail a lot of times fighting. Y'all, I was going through windows. Mm. <laughs> it was a wild one, y'all. I was. I was going. And I'm like, man. So now... It, it's just I'm still maturing for sure. We we don't ever stop maturing yeah. in Christ, and but it's just the love there. It's like no longer me having to defend myself any yeah. longer because He does it. 
That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was interesting because when you said that, like, you always felt like you had to defend yourself. So I, when I interact or come across a person, I can always feel if they're very defensive. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that's communicated through body language or through, I don't really want to like to use that word energy, but it is a such thing called energy as like an insecure energy. Yeah. Um, and I didn't get that from you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I know that there had to be like healing in mm -hmm. that area because that's sure. something that you can discern and sense when you're around certain For people. Sure. You can feel that. And um, I know when I'm around somebody and it's like they're defensive and it really is like a lot of work. Yeah. Because you're constantly trying to prove yeah. to them like you it's can trust walls. me. You can trust me. Yeah. You can trust me. That's a yeah. lot of work. I dealt yeah. with relationships like that. And that's a lot of work. So you literally have to jump over the wall yeah. to deal. I mean, or to have a relationship with someone that that has a defense wall up. You have to literally jump over it. And for me, it was like in my childhood, in my um, teenage years, I felt like I was like building the wall. And then when I reached my twenties, because I was like just trying to survive, yeah. it's like. I'm going to let the wall down a little, but then I start getting hurt again. And I'm mm. like, no, nah, I'm cool on everybody. And God literally had to, like, tear it down himself. Mm, that's so good. Yep. He had to just tear it down himself because I, I, it's no way that I, I could have done it. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah. was just so much trauma there, so much betrayal, so many things. And just allowing God to tear the wall down and me forgive those people yeah. and then if they didn't forgive me still be okay yeah and and you committed to being intentional about your healing yeah and i think that's so important like you know the saturday class i just did when we talked about healing mm -hmm. um and it's funny because if you're a minister or a preacher or you're you serve in a fivefold you understand that a lot of times when you preach something as soon as you preach it you get challenged on Ooh. it or so, before. Or before. And so um, mine typically always come afterwards. So I preached a message and then um, I probably, after I preached that message, I probably cried the most I cried in years. Like I was getting wounded, like little things that just hurt me. Wound, 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 wound. And God was challenging me to do exactly what he just taught me to do, which was to allow Holy Spirit to come in and to really do surgery to help me to forgive, help me to release, help me not hold on to, help me to be able to process it and cry. Because sometimes people don't cry. They think it's a form of weakness. If something right. hurt, it hurt. It's an emotion. It doesn't make you weak. But allow yourself to feel it. Yeah. To not wait, I'm okay. I got this. Jesus and had, he had feelings. Exactly. Compassion. Exactly. Yeah. And um, in our culture, especially as African-American women, um, it carries like this strength. That's why it's like everybody's talking about this soft girl era because <laughs> yeah. african-american women sometimes carry this like strong like i got it mm -hmm. all together i'm strong and i personally never thought that was attractive mm -hmm. i never desired to be like that like yes you want to be bossy and yes i'm strong but at the same time i always thought that vulnerability was very attractive in women and i thought the opposite yeah and not always strong was but it makes sense, though, based yep. on our childhood, yep. right? So, sure. yeah, so when you look at our childhood experiences, it makes sense. So yeah. why we feel that way. And I always, when I see, like, really strong women, I'm like, uh, I don't want to be nothing like that. <laughs> if they were running their households and they were the ones that, like, I'm so in charge and I'm the boss. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, uh, like, I always wanted to be vulnerable. I always wanted that. And so 
my relationship with God is that it's like really being vulnerable before him. But the reason why I brought this up is because um, the reason why healing is important because it prevents us from putting up a wall. Yes. Even though the Bible tells us the guards are hard is a difference between us putting up a wall because one of the things I learned about walls is powerful is that not only does it probably stop things from getting in, but it also stops things, things from getting, getting out. out. Oh, that's so good. Can't receive love. Yep. That's so good. So God sends people that's trying to give you yeah. stuff that you can't and it keep bouncing off of this yeah. wall. And so um this morning um, I was on the phone with a friend and she had prayed for me and she said something about she picked up hemorrhaging. And so the reason why that's so important to me is because when I looked up the definition, I really studied it. When you get wounded by some type of trauma, mm -hmm. hurt, somebody hurt your feelings, it can be something so simple as they just hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. They said something to hurt my feelings. That's All a wound. Right. When you're getting cut and you're getting wounded and poked by the enemy, if you're not stopping to address those wounds, you will begin to bleed. Mm. And so they said, I come against and I cancel out all hemorrhaging. I was hemorrhaging because I got to, sometimes we learn to just keep going. Right. You know you what I'm saying? Stop. But you, you have, have to stop, stop and yeah. you have to address and sometimes sit in that moment and say, this hurt me. This bothered me. Yes, I'm apostolic. Yes, I know how to push past. Yes, I'm a strong black woman, but we can't be hemorrhaging. And so, so many people show up in the world hemorrhaging or yep, bleeding out. And then you and end up damaging other people with your blood. You damage everybody <laughs> else. And so that made me think about that when you were talking about those walls. Um, oh. Yeah, because that's what the walls are. It's just we're bleeding behind the wall. We put up this defense so that people can't see our trauma. Yep. Yeah. Um, to your point on being strong, I think that's something that I really enjoy my relationship with Christ because I, like I just said, I feel like I've always had to be strong mm. and it's not necessarily, we spoke on this before, it's not even not necessarily that I wanted to. I feel like I had to and with mm. God, he deals with me the best when I'm at my weakest. Wow. And so I've learned to just be weak with him and it's okay. Yeah. And so... Let me ask you this before we close out. What do you feel like the biggest um, like difference is with you? Or like what can you go back and be like, man, I can't believe I changed that much? Or what can you point back to your relationship before Christ and now that you like, wow. Yeah, um, it's so much. Um, so if I was to say one thing, um, I would probably say my character. Okay. Yeah, like I was always a person where I always did whatever I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I still have a little bit of that in me. Um, God is still working it out. But I've always been extremely independent. Nobody couldn't force me to do anything. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not easily convinced. My mom couldn't convince me. Teachers, I always, even if I looked in your face and smile, at the end of the day... <laughs> I'm going to do whatever time right. I want to do. I could never be um, misled like or easily mm -hmm. like just because mm -hmm. everybody else doing it. My girlfriend's got tattoos. I ain't get a tattoo. Everybody was doing this. I ain't going. I'm going to go always in my own direction. I've always been like that. And it has caused me, it had caused me as growing up to have a level of selfishness in my relationships mm -hmm. and my friendships, which we're going to be talking about, weren't as strong at that age because I was I wasn't really strong on my commitment. Yeah. Because if I change my mind, if I didn't want to do it, I'm not doing it, mm -hmm. and I don't have to explain anything to anybody. Right. And that was bad character yeah. because people can't depend on you, 
<laughs> you're not trustworthy. Mm -hmm. You're not reliable. Yeah. So I have literally went from, and everybody in my life who knows me pre before Christ can tell you this, I went from being the most reliable, I mean, the least reliable, the least dependable, the least person that's going to show up to the most now. You literally. Are. You are. But that happened because, <laughs> I mean, I got friends. I'll be surprised they're still my friends. I'm just being honest. It's the grace of God because there are big moments, baby showers. The day of, they're expecting me to bring something big, and I just don't feel like going. Wow. Wow. Like, literally, like, oh, I'm not going. Like, one of my best friends, she's probably going to watch this. Her twin brother went on the prom, and the, the family were expecting me to show up for the prom. I had all my outfit, but just the hour before, I didn't feel like it. Mm. So I didn't go. Her mom still probably used to struggling with that. So it was just I like. I can't even I, imagine that. Yeah, like, it just was like. You not, I'm like, girl, you ain't here. But I, I did it so much. I'm not proud of it. But it was just this thing in me where it was like, if I don't want to do it, yeah. there's no convincing. I didn't have the Holy Ghost back then. My mama couldn't convince me. You couldn't yeah. make me feel bad about it. I was going to always do yeah. what I wanted to do. And now God has did something in me where he has humbled me and has taught me honor. The Holy Spirit has refined my character where I understand the importance of being a woman of your word, yeah. being committed, yeah. having honor, showing up yeah. for people, and is really understanding that it's not about you. So I think that was mm -hmm. all based on selfishness. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? It's like what I want to do. Self-righteousness. I ain't nobody yep. think about you. Nobody mm -hmm. else was like, I'm important. If I change my mind, it's my time, it's my life. Um, And that really, it was really hard for me to work for companies, for jobs, because- mm -hmm. They send me on a lunch break. They're telling me I got an hour. I'm like, this is my time. I'll come back when I want to come back. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you can't tell me when to be there. Right. So I struggle with that. And I'll be honest, like, um, God has refined that and he is developing me. But there's still some of that I'm working out with kinks in different parts of my life where I still like to do what I want to do. That's why mm -hmm. I like entrepreneurship. Yeah. That's why I love I love freedom. Yeah. I love space that change my mind. But God, to answer your question, and she will change her mind, y'all. Yeah, I love, I love and the she freedom. She called me and she's like, "Sis, I, I don't know." I, I'm like, "Girl, if you change your mind, yeah." And it's a balance because what I learned is but that but you're dependable though. Yeah, you're gonna now uh, absolutely a hundred percent. I don't think nobody who know me wouldn't say that. But before it was the complete opposite. Yeah, it was a complete change. Like literally, I mean, people will tell you, be like, "Oh, I." Ain't, if, I ain't with, I, I, I don't believe her. It was like a lion. It, it came across that you said yeah. you were going to do it and then you didn't show up. So that's character stuff. Yeah. That's not dependable, not reliable, can't count on you. You're not telling the truth. It was flawed yeah. character. Literally over time, maturity and the power of the Holy Ghost completely refined me. Right. And that's the reason why I have a lot of grace for people who deal with that because I dealt with that. Oh, that's good. So it's your time to answer the question. What would be your one thing? Uh. I know that's a hard question. Ask because God changed question. so much. He has. He's changed so much. Um, let me see. I'm like going back and forth with two of them. Um, probably being a fighter. Yeah. So I was like for real a fighter. <laughs> it's nothing I'm proud of. But when I look back now, and here's the thing. So I was never that girl that was like walking up to people. Yeah. It was like I was really defending myself. Like, this is the truth, y'all. Mm -hmm. I was really defending myself. And um, I have an older brother and we used to fight. Yeah. He's like 6'3, um, mm -hmm. almost five. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we used to fight. 
And um, it was this one incident, and I found out I could fight. Mm. And it was a rap. And so I used to fight a lot, and I would defend people. My girlfriends would call. I'm like, we yeah. fighting. I would go to the, another school in my city. I had got banned <laughs> from the high school. Oh, it was crazy, y'all. Can y'all imagine her little cute stuff fighting? Oh, they was like, she can't even come back to this school. Wow. And um, I would go, like, on my breaks before school started, go fight, go back to school. Oh, my Lord. And so. Jesus, take the win. Yes, he took it. Ah. And now um, God is processing me up to be a fighter in the spirit. Yeah. And so that's something that I look back on. And I'm like, man, thank you, God, because I was fighting y'all, but I'm not sitting in jail. Okay, let me just okay, say. Okay, come on now. And, um, and so now he's just processing me to be a warrior in the spirit. Yeah. And um it's it's really a huge impression on my heart to just intercede for people. Yeah. Um and things they're going through and just fight. So I'd be like, enemy, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> but even that was a setup, man. Yeah. It's powerful because every single thing in our lives, everything, like even when I think about me being the most reliable, the reason why I'm a heavy evangelist and I have led a lot of my loved ones and family and friends to Christ and people around me to Christ. Um, I have led them there and I'm really big with helping people to cross over into becoming a Christian and knowing what God is like. It's simply because they're convinced if they knew me beforehand. When they look at how I wasn't reliable, how I lied, how my character was so flawed, and they see me now, they say that had to be God. Yeah. Literally, I have it heard people say anything. like, oh, this is yeah. real. This Because mm -hmm. people people like that don't change. How many times we hear people say, oh, no, I can't trust them. They don't right, change. Right. To go from being the one that your mama can't trust with nothing to you the most reliable one, like that's a huge yeah. shift. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And even it's with you, it was a setup. Yeah, that fighter in you, your childhood trauma, the things that you experienced that causes them defenses that cause you to be a fighter. The enemy wanted to use that against you, yes, but God took that in yeah. you and he said, OK, I see what that happened and I allowed it. But now I'm going to take that mm -hmm. and I'm going to have her become a spiritual warrior and I'm yeah. going to have her fighting for me. Yeah. It was a setup. So it's amazing how God works, man. Yep. And I think that, can I tell you this? I was driving um, to do the taping today and I was thinking about some different things. And sometimes the enemy will highlight, come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. He'll start making things really big in your mind. He'll start letting you know what you don't have and mm -hmm. everything you yep. got to do. And he'll start really highlighting all the things that's going wrong to you. And he was doing that to me, which I'm used to him doing that to me. And I know how to combat it. But this time, um, I just was like, okay, enemy, okay, enemy. And my response to the enemy when he was giving me those visions and showing me and highlighting that was, it's okay because God is going to use it all for his Ooh, good. All. Because some of the things that he tells us is true. Like, he may be like, oh, you ain't got no money. And your account really may be overdraft. But that's okay because God can still use that. You know, he may tell you, okay, you, you, you're you divorced or you're a victim of molestation or rape. Mm -hmm. It's okay. God yep. can still use He'll that. He uses it, it all. He, he can take a worst-case scenario and turn it into the best yes. scenario. Yes. It's he a setup. It. You know what I'm saying? It. And so I'm grateful um, to be able to really have a relationship with Christ to have the hope and the salvation to know that it doesn't matter what happened my god yeah will use it he's for good yeah. period he's going to use it for he's good like okay enemy you think it you can try small it things it's yeah. like such a small things remember i was telling you that like i want to get my hair braided and yeah. i'm like girl I, I had ran out of the curly hair yeah, yeah. <laughs> i ran out and i'm like man she had a um 
a whole little extra pack. Just waiting on you. Just waiting on same you. Brand, same, same brand, same hair. Same brand. Same hair. It's a setup. So even the small, that's why it's important for us to give thanks for every single thing because we're like, oh, that's a coincidence. It's no coincidence in Christ. It's no coincidence. And my advice, don't panic. Don't, don't panic. panic. Let me let me just say, I got a minister. I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm a minister <laughs> to the viewers. There's going to be things in your life that God would allow. The enemy will cause and God would allow. I mean, from losses, from uh, relational stuff, financial stuff. It's just going to happen. And your response matters. How are you going to respond to that? Do you panic? Um, God will test you to see if you're going to panic because panicking means that I don't really believe you. Yep, I don't. You might, but you may not. I don't really trust you like that. I'm panicking. So when people panicking, oh my God, I can't believe. And they have an anxiety. Anxiety comes from a lack of trust in God. Yeah, sure. When you know that Romans 8.28 is what it is and God can't lie and he's a God that can't lie. He's not like man. There's yeah. no lie in him. And he says that all things, that mean your molestation, your rape, your bank account, your financial situation, your anxiety, your depression, your suicide attempt. Every single thing that you Come experience on, in life good. is going to be used for good because he said it and he can't lie and you got to remind God of what he said well God you said all things so that means you're going to use this too yes, <laughs> everything the enemy tried it <laughs> but you're going to use it too all of it so my whole life our lives is a setup yep it's a setup God going to use it yep. so this is Love good it. I'm excited I'm excited so we hope this has encouraged you guys to continue to build your relationship with Christ Um, or even if you haven't started start um, because he works it out. He loves us as his children, mm-hmm. and he's there for us. He, he defends is. us. He, he provides. Us. He has our he back. Heals. Girl, so good. But I've enjoyed today. I did, too. Yep. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Share this episode. Subscribe, sure like, share, subscribe. subscribe. All right. <laughs>